today I want to go to Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33, very, very, very common verse. Uh, many of you probably know it as soon as I even said the reference, you may know it. But I want us to start there today, and I am titling today's message, In Hot Pursuit. In Hot Pursuit. Come on, if you're married, look at your wife and go, that's for you. <laughs> All right. And if you're single and you want to get married, look at somebody on the other row that you may want to and say, that's for you. <laughs> All right. So in hot pursuit today, we are talking. Matthew 6.33 says this. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Certain translations say, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek the kingdom of God above everything else that we do. Let's seek the kingdom of God. And the promise that is attached to this is that if we will seek God's kingdom, everything else that we long for, everything else that we need in our life, everything else, God will supernaturally provide for us. And if you want to know where your heart is, just look at what you're pursuing. The Bible says for us to seek the kingdom of God, seek first his kingdom. And uh, today, because I'm titling it In Hot Pursuit, um, you, you need to understand that, that God is after our heart. He's not after just our obedience. He's after our heart. If he gets our heart, he gets everything else. And whatever your heart is after, you are pursuing, you're seeking, you're going after um, for all those that are married in here, let me talk to the ladies in here, all the, all the wives. Would you be married to the man that you're married to if he didn't pursue you? I don't know how many of y'all marry people that don't pursue you. That's kind of weird. But hopefully you, you, there is a pursuit that happens if you're, if you're interested in someone, there is a pursuit that happens. Maybe there's an advance. Maybe there's a flirtation. Maybe there's a text message. Maybe there's a call. Maybe there's some, some you know, hit line that you do to try to figure out, but you are in the constant pursuit. When Lindsay and I were kind of, when I had, my eyes were open to this woman, I need her in my life. There was a pursuit. I did things that I naturally don't do like talk on the phone for long periods of time. Um, I don't know any of y'all in here that are maybe not long talkers. I'm not a long talker, but when you're pursuing something, you'll do crazy things. I would drive to Jennings all the way to Lafayette to go see her and drive back, and I wouldn't complain at all. I was in pursuit. I was in a hot pursuit of this woman. And if there's anything that you think of in your life that you really want in life, you, you pursue it. Like if you have like health goals in your life, you pursue it. If you have business goals, some of you are starting businesses and you pursue it. You, you give everything that you have towards it. it. It's seen. You can see, actually see the pursuit. And the same for us is if we say that we love God and, and we wear the shirts or we got the bumper stickers, so those are all good. But if you really want to know if someone truly loves God, look at their pursuit. The Bible says that we're called to follow Jesus. We come after him. And in hot pursuit literally means to chase, to follow, to find, to track down, to get close to. That's, that's pursuit. Any of y'all ever been um, speeding and been pulled over? Anybody in here? Come on, raise your hand. So this is a very realistic thing that happened yesterday for me. 
I'm driving through a city that is in Jeff Davis Parish. I won't say which one it is, but it's a small one. And uh, I'm passing through it. It's a small one. Y'all figure out whichever one that one is. It's a small one. I'm passing through it. It's 40. I see the sign. It says 45. I'm driving through. And uh, I'm getting right through the heart of the city. And there is a cop sitting right there. And I see the lights. And Lindsay, me and Lindsay are going on a date, by the way. We're going on a date. Come on, date night right there. Look. And, and all of a sudden, the lights go off, and she says this. That's not for you, is it? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes, I think it is for me. There's nobody else on this street. Uh, this, is totally, this is totally for me. And in that moment, that, that cop came in hot pursuit of me. I mean, he came after me. Now, he didn't have to go too hot because I pulled over, okay? I'm not that crazy. I did pull over, and, and then, you know, of course, he pulls over to me, and he, he walks up to my window, and he says, uh, hey, I'm, I'm pulling you over. You were doing 47 and a 35. And I said, well, all I saw was a 45, which is very true. All I saw was a 45. There was a 35 there. It just kind of was a bit secretive. Um, but he's like, it's there. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's kind of, oh, it was secretive. Okay. I was blinded on my right side. Oh, you know what? I, you're not the jury, okay? So I don't, I don't need your guilt, all right? So, uh, so anyways, he, but he was super nice. He was really, really nice, really friendly. He's like, well, this is what, you know, this is what's going on, and, you know, this, you, you were speeding and all that. I'm like, that's fine. I was like, what do you need from me? And he, he says, I need your license, and so I give him my license, and he walks back to the, to the car, back to the thing, and he's, you know, doing my license and license plate and all that stuff, and then I've never, never ever had this happen. Pastor Bubba had the incredible ability to get out of every single ticket he's ever been in. If you've ever been with Pastor Bubba, I, and all of you probably haven't, but I have when he's gotten pulled over, and he pulls every pastor card that he possibly can, okay? And he's gotten out of every single one. I just want you to know, I don't get out of tickets. Does not happen whatsoever. And the guy walks up to me, and I've never had this happen in my life. He hands me my 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 license, and he shakes my hand with both hands, and he says, thank you, Mr. Josh, and then walks away. And I was like, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. And Lindsay, Lindsay is dying laughing in the seat, cr almost crying. She's laughing so hard. She's like, I've never seen someone break the law, and they tell you thank you. I'm like, listen, baby, favor ain't fair. Favor ain't fair. So I don't know if someone was in here on the other side of dispatch. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just want you to know when I came back from the date night, I went 35. Okay. Um, I went 35. God is inviting us into hot pursuit of him. And um, summer is over, whether you're, <laughs> you're excited about that or not. But every time summer is over, I... As a, as a tradition in our church, we spend a part of August getting ourselves out of the summer slump. How many of you in here would just agree that there's a bit of a, of a spiritual, emotional, maybe even physical slump that happens in summer and you just kind of need to get out of it? It's kind of like a funk. You just kind of got to get out of that funk. And so, um, so that's really where we're going over these next couple of days and over the course of this week. And I can't think of a better time for us as a church to be seeking God, going in hot pursuit for him. Some of you need breakthrough. Some of you need deliverance. Some of you need a miracle. Some of you need a healing. Some of you need wisdom. Some of you need help. And uh, I know I do too. And so we're going to spend the next six days as a church just going 
hot after God. And one of the things that we say here often, it's a very common um, motto in our church, is that prayer is our first response, not our last resort. Prayer is our first response, not our last resort. And so if, you, um, if you've been here for any length of time, you know that we have these, these pray first, black pray first bracelets that we, that we have out in, um, in, uh, in the foyer. And these are, uh, I, I love these because these, I, I do not take this off, like ever. Um, I shower with it, I sleep with it. Like I, it never ever comes off because for me, it is a constant reminder that before I'm about to go do something, I need to pray first. Like before I'm about to send that text message, I need to pray first. Before I'm about to leave the house to go to work or my boys go to school, we're gonna, we're gonna sit around in the kitchen and we're gonna, we're gonna pray first. And before I send that email, I'm gonna pray first. And before I make that post on that comment that someone posted about me, I'm going to pray first. And how many know, oftentimes, if you pray first, sometimes you don't send it. Sometimes God saves you from that. Before you're about to respond in a moment, I look down, I'm like, oh, pray first. Okay, let's pray. Let's, let's, let's pray about this. I have, have a guy in our church that's making some really, really big decisions, life transitional decisions that he's making in his life. He called me this week. He's like, Pastor Josh, I need your wisdom on this. What do you think? And I said, I, I, I can give you some wisdom on this. This is what I'm going to ask you to do. Let's spend the weekend and let's pray first. He's a young teenage guy going into his 20s, got to make some really big decisions. I said, hey, let's spend the weekend. Let's pray first. I want you to hear from the Lord because I'm not your Holy Spirit, and I'll pray with you, but we're gonna, we're gonna begin to build into a rhythm of what does it look like for us to pray first before we buy first, before we say first, before we do anything first. And so um, prayer is our first response as a church, and I think right now with where we are as a church and as a city and as a nation, we want to do this. And so we are doing a, a, uh, a week of prayer and fasting. This little blue card that's right here, if you wanna just kinda pull it out just real quick, I wanted to show you, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna dive in just real quick about this, but I, I wanna show you just real quick where we are. Um, we are beginning, starting tomorrow, um, a time of prayer and a time of fasting. We normally do not fast in August. We, we save fasting in January. We kind of do prayer and fasting in January and prayer and feasting in August. Um, but we are in such a pivotal moment. And, and I don't know about you. I, I'm just in this place spiritually in my own life. And I think what I feel with where we are as a church right now where we need to add the element of fasting into this prayer time. And, and, I'll, and I'll share a little bit of why in just a little bit. But starting tomorrow, we're going to have uh, every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all the, all the weekdays, we're going to do two times for prayer. Um, we're going to do an online prayer time, which is going to be on Zoom um, at 630. I'm going to lead that every single morning. I feel like it's very important for me to take the lead on this. Um, so I'm going to be leading that one. And then at 630 at night, our prayer team is going to be up here, and uh, they're going to help lead a time of prayer in person right here at 630 um, as well. And so that's happening Monday 
through Friday of this week. Um, and then we're having a, a night of worship this Wednesday night. We did it on Wednesday because we want our students to be just as much a part of it as, any, as anybody else. So we're going to do that this Thursday night at 630. We're going to have a huge time of worship. I'm going to come and just kind of bring a message as well. We're going to have, have a time of prayer as well. But we're also going to do water baptism. And so if you are looking for a chance to get water baptized, to proclaim your love for the Lord, um, we're going to do that Wednesday as well. So that, all that's going to be going on. You're going to see on this card, um, and if you don't have it on, online, you can go to oscconnect.com slash pf22, prayer and fasting 22, pf22. Or if you take out your phone and you QR, you get your camera and QR this code right here, it'll take you directly to that website. There's a whole lot more information on the website. But you're going to see the five things we're praying about, and specifically, these are the five things that I feel like as a church, we really, 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 really need to be praying for. I know you have your needs that you need to be praying for, but I'm inviting the church to rally around us as a church and corporately begin to pray over these things that are here. And we have scriptures that go along with them for you to pray with. Um, and then on the backside is um, types of fast. If you've never done a fast before, let me just tell you real quick what, what a fast is. A fast is a withdrawal from something you love for something you love more. A withdrawal from something you love for something and someone you love more. And so we don't do a fast for penance. We don't do a fast to try to garner God's attention. We do a fast so we can disconnect ourselves from the things that are polluting ourselves so we can hear from the Lord. And so there's all different types of fast, liquid fast, partials fast. Um, there's a complete fast, which is you only do liquids. There's a, and, and you need to make sure you really talk to a doctor if you're going to do this one. Selective fast where you are just fasting maybe a certain thing from your diet, maybe sugar, maybe Maybe desserts, um, maybe meat, maybe whatever it may be. There's a partial fast, which is where that you are selecting a part of the day that you fast. Maybe I'm going to fast breakfast and lunch, and then I'll eat on dinner only, or I'll fast dinner and, and do that. So you do that. And then, of course, the soul fast, which is the one that I always encourage us to do, no matter if you're doing any of these three, you should always do the fourth one, which is just for the next five to six days, disconnect from social media, technology, just anything that is just loud, just a lot of loud things, television, all that stuff, just take some time to do that. So we're going to be doing that as a, as a church, and I'd love for you, love for you to be a part of that. With that, I want to share today um, three things to expect when you pursue God with prayer and fasting. If you got your notes, pull them out. You should have hopefully gotten some notes when you, when you walked in. If you got some notes, wave them at me. You got, anybody got notes in here? Okay, let's go. Wave them around just like you just don't care. Okay, um, those notes are also on the app, which, by the way, you can go on the app, and all of the stuff is on our OC Connect app. And if you go on the website, I just real quick, because tomorrow is going to do Zoom. Um, people ask me, well, why didn't you do it on Facebook? And I'm going to tell you why I didn't do it on Facebook. This is the first year I'm not doing it on Facebook. Um, I'm doing it solely on Zoom alone. And the reason that I'm doing that is because I want this to be very much our church thing right now. I don't want to open it up to a whole ton of people outside. There's people that can come in. But I want to do it on Zoom because I want you to not only see my face, but I want you to see our other pastor's face. I want you to hear from all of us. I'm going to teach a little bit. I want to get your prayer requests right then and there. Um, you don't have to show your face. Listen, 6.30 in the morning. You can call in. Um, you can turn your video off. But I just want us to be in the same room together. Um, and I think that's the way that I want to go about doing that. So three things to expect when you pursue God with prayer and fasting. Um, number one, write this down. I got three. We'll go through probably pretty quick with most of these. But uh, I just want to get our hearts prepared for this week. Number one is an increased 
hunger for God. First thing that you can expect at any time you're going to set aside some time to pray and to fast, you can expect that there is going to be an increased hunger for God. Galatians chapter 5, read this with me. It says this, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 to 17. So I say this, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then, and notice the conditional there, when we let the Holy Spirit guide our lives, then you won't be doing what your, everybody say these three words, what your what? Sinful nature craves. There's this craving that, that, that your sinful nature has. And so if you allow the Holy Spirit to guide you, then you won't let this. Watch, it goes on and it says this. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the what? It's the opposite of what the Spirit wants. So there's, there's this wrestle that's going on in our lives between what, what we want, what our sinful nature wants, and then what the Spirit of God wants. They're opposite of one another. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. And then he goes on and it says this. These two forces are constantly what? Fighting each other. So any of you in here that are like, man, I love God, but man, I've really been struggling with wanting something I know that doesn't please God, welcome to the club. This is a part of the battle inwardly that, that the soul wants a certain thing, the spirit of God wants another thing. They're at war with one another. They're fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Now, Everybody in here has inside of them something called a ghrelin, a ghrelin. Now, I didn't say a gremlin, okay? I just want you to know that. Not everybody has a gremlin in them. Some of y'all do, but, we'll, but we all have a ghrelin. And a ghrelin is this. A ghrelin is a hormone that is designed to trigger you to tell you you're hungry. It is the hunger hormone. Ghrelin, G-H-R-E-L-I-N. You can look it up. It's the ghrelin hormone. And everybody in here has it. It is the hormone that tells your stomach. <laughs> Have y'all ever been sitting somewhere and it goes off and other people can hear it? Yeah. How many is happening right now? Okay, never mind. So we all have this, this ghrelin. We all have this hormone that tells your body, feed me. Feed me. Now, some of y'all have a very active ghrelin. It's always saying, feed me. You feed it, and then like 30 minutes, feed me. And then, feed me. Any of y'all know some people like that? And you're like, you got to just keep throwing them crackers? Like, just yeah. eat something, eat something, eat something. Feed me, feed me. There's this thing that's inside of us that, that, that's telling us, and, and it literally will not stop until it's fed, until it's fed. And so all of us have this, uh, this, this hormone inside of our bodies, and being hungry is, is human. I mean, that's a part of us being human. But not only do you have physical hunger, we also are hungry in every other area of our life. We are emotionally hungry. We are I, relationally hungry. I sat down with a guy yesterday. He's like, man, I really struggle with feeling alone all the time. I'm like, yeah, because there's a relational hunger that God's put on the inside of you that you need to be with people. And then, of course, there is a spiritual ghrelin. There's a spiritual hunger that we have that we desire for. Now, watch this. If you don't direct your hunger to the right places, 
you'll feed on the wrong things. Everybody's hungry. We're all hungry, okay? But if you don't direct those hungers, those desire for something in the right direction, according to the scripture, if you're not led by the spirit of God, your sinful, soulful uh, um, uh, nature will, will, will want something that is not good for you. And so let me show you what, what happens when we allow ourselves. It's my life, I can do whatever I want to. Okay, let me show you what happens when you lead your own life. He goes on in the next verse in 19, he says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature and you're not led by God, here are the things that naturally, the results of them, they're very clear. Sexual immorality is very clear. Impurity, lustful pleasures, these things are, are, are within us. They're, they're these hungers, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, always fighting with people, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, Louisiana wild parties, and, and other sins like these. Watch it, he goes on and he says this in the next, next verse. You have the next one? Is there another verse up there? Oh, I'll get, to it. I'll get to it in a minute. So he says, when you follow desires of your sinful nature, these results are very, very clear. Now, can we all be honest in here? Who in here loves some junk food? Come on, anybody in here? You love you some junk food. Now, I don't know what your go-to junk food is. I'm going to tell you right now, we cannot keep Bluebell in our house whatsoever. Amen. It is not. It is of the Lord and the devil at the same time. Anybody feel me? And, and, and Lindsay does the, uh, like, mobile checkout, like, the self-check, not, not the self-checkout, but, like, where you drive up with the car thing, where you don't have to actually go into Walmart. Like, that's her thing. Pickup. Okay. She loves pickup. That's from the Lord. Um, the problem with it is they don't, <laughs> for, for introverts, it's from the Lord. Come on, somebody. For extroverts, I'm like, I want to go in. I want to go see some people. So, so because she orders it from the mobile, pl- the, the mobile pickup place, um, they, don't, they don't give you Bluebell in gallons. They give it to you in like these little like, what is that, pints, quartz, pints? I don't know. Uh, let me just tell you all right now. I understand you shouldn't eat a gallon. But I can eat a pint. I can tell you right now. I can eat. I can eat a pint. Easy. Easy peasy. Um, and... Here's the thing about, about junk food, whatever that is. Junk food satisfies, but temporarily. Right? And that's why we crave it. Because it can kind of meet a need for the moment, but, but over the long haul, it, it can't sustain. And so what we have here, the, the uh, Apostle Paul is telling us in this moment that if we're not careful and we don't allow the Spirit of God to lead us, we can allow our hungers to go towards things that can satisfy for the moment but can't satisfy for the long haul. And, and, and we can live in this lifestyle where we always need things to meet needs in our lives. So we need another vacation, and we need more entertainment, and we need another car, and we need another thing, and we need another like, and we need another, because those things satisfy in the moment, but how many know you get back from the vacation and you're still depressed? 
You're still discouraged. You're still hurting. You, you, you go into this next thing. We need another toy. We need another distraction. We need another project. And you live in this case of always needing these things more and more and more, but nothing can fill your hunger and the soul like Jesus can. Let me prove it to you. Matthew chapter five, verse six says this. Blessed are those who what? And thirst for righteousness. They hunger and they thirst for righteousness. For they shall be, they shall be satisfied. Blessed are those who hunger, who hunger. We hunger for righteousness. We hunger for the things of God. We thirst for the things of God. And we will be satisfied in him. I love what Pastor Sam Storm said. And this, this is why we do a time of fasting. This is why, right here. The reason why we're going into this fasting, he said this, fasting isn't denial, fasting is pursuit. Fasting isn't about abstaining from food, it's about feasting on God. Come on, that is great right there. It's not about what I'm abstaining from, it's what I'm going to. It's what I'm in in hot pursuit of, it's what I'm, I'm feasting on the Lord. Fasting is not about denying yourself, but satisfying yourself with only that which can satisfy. This is why we're coming into this time of asking the Lord to begin to do something in me because listen to me closely. If you are abstaining from food, but you're not praying and feasting on God, you're just dieting. If you're just abstaining from food, but not praying, you're dieting. And a diet will change the way you look, but a fast will change the way you see. And some of us need more than just physical change. Come on, we need a spiritual lens to see what God sees and how God sees us and how we should see God and how we should see our surroundings and how we should see our problems and how we should see what we're going through. And fasting gives us this hunger that's inside of us to go, I want more of God. Do I got anybody in the house that is hungry for more of God? I want more of him. I don't wanna be content with a snack food spirituality. I want all he's got for me. I wanna eat all all that he has for my life. I wanna have a hunger for the Lord and what, man, so concerns me is that so many people are okay with a snack of Jesus. Sunday is a snack. This is a snack. This, you cannot sustain a rich life with Jesus on a one hour time with Jesus on a Sunday morning. You need more of him every day. Last time I checked, none of y'all only eat on Sundays. Come on, somebody. You're going to eat tomorrow morning and tomorrow afternoon and tomorrow night, and you're going to eat the next day and the next day and the next day. And just as much as your body craves the hunger of food, your spirit craves the hunger of God's presence. So this is what God is calling us into. Like, God, man, never get content with just a snack of you. I want all of you. I want the filet mignon. All right. So I want you to see what happens here. Galatians 5, 24 says, he goes on in the next verse, and he says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and the desires. This is kind of of what we're doing with our fasting. We're, we're, We're nailing these passions and desires of our sinful nature to the cross, and we crucified them there. And since we are living by the Spirit, that's our desire, let us follow the Spirit's leading in what? In every part of our lives. In every part of our lives. Let us follow this. And this is what prayer and fasting done. Prayer and fasting will adjust your appetite. 
It adjusts our appetite. Because when you pray and fast, you bring your soul unto subjection to your spirit versus your spirit always being under subjection of your soul. It's the moment. And I pray that God gives us this spiritual ghrelin where we're hunger for what he has. Number two, second thing that happens, and you can't expect this whenever you spend a time of prayer and fasting, is an enhanced ability to hear God. An enhanced ability to hear God. Now, how many of you in this room need to hear God right now more than ever? Like, you need to hear him. You need wisdom. You need direction. You need assurance. You need confidence. We were created to be in relationship with our Father. And in that, of course, we were created to experience him and hear him and know him and listen to him and have relationship with him. Now, I want you to hear me very closely. Prayer and fasting is not a salvation issue. Meaning this, well, if I don't pray and fast, then am I really saved? That has nothing to do with it. Salvation is only what Jesus does, not what you do. So prayer and fasting has nothing about, about where we stand with God. Well, if I pray and fast and I know I'll get into heaven, don't work that way. Nope, because of what Jesus did, you get into heaven, not because of what you do. Amen. Watch this. So prayer and fasting is not a salvation issue, but prayer and fasting is a connections issue. Amen. Prayer and fasting is, am I going to get connected more to God? Have you ever been driving and um, you're going somewhere where you don't know where you're going and, and then all of a sudden, and, and maybe this is however it may be before, I mean, thankfully now technology helps us a little bit more, but maybe pre-technology, if you remember like, yeah, he told me to take a left and take a right and then go straight. And then you ever just been in that place where like you get so frustrated because like you're lost? You're like, ah, I'm just trying to, they're trying to find out. And, and what is the first thing that you do if you're in a car of people and you're trying to get somewhere and you can't sink, what do you do? If you're, if you're like Lindsay, everybody be quiet. <laughs> I need to hear, I need to, like, especially if, like, Siri's talking, like, I need to know, I need to know. Because what you're doing is, is you're turning down all the noise so you can tune in to what you need to hear. All right, right? And, and so, listen to me. So that is what prayer and fasting does. Prayer and fasting turns down the noise so I can tune in to hear what he's saying. Watch this. Because God's always speaking. The issue is not, is he speaking? The question is, can we hear him? God, God's speaking to you. But, but our life is so loud and so fast and so distracted that we can't often hear him. And fasting turns that noise down so we can hear what the voice of the Holy Spirit is saying. Acts 13, 2 says this. Watch this. One day as these men were worshiping the Lord and, and fasting, so all of them were gathered together to worship and to fast, and the Holy Spirit says, hey, listen, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. Okay. So they're praying, they're fasting, and God speaks. This is what he does, by the way. Pray and fast, God speaks, they hear God speak, and God says, hey, Barnabas and Saul need to go, or Paul, they need to go, because I've got work for them to do. So God gives them an assignment. Watch what the next verse says, though. So after more fasting and, and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. Prayer and fasting is asking. Say that again. Prayer and fasting is asking. Say it again. Prayer and fasting is asking. And this is what happens. God sees my fast as an ask. 
When I fast, I'm not putting God in my debt, but my wholehearted pursuit of him is calling him to respond to me. God's not in my debt, but if he sees me chasing after him, how many know the Bible says, if I'm going after God, God's coming after me. If I'm going after him, he's coming after me. All of Psalms, most of, many of the Psalms is David saying, I cried out to the Lord and he answered me. I mean, God wants to answer. God wants to give you wisdom. Some of you right now are in major business decisions that you've got to make. You're in really hard places. Some of you are in real marital crisis right now and you've got to make some decisions. What do I do to heal or fix or do I need to leave? What do I need to do in this moment? Some of you are in financial places where you're like, I've got to make some really huge decisions and I'm going to tell you, you need to hear the voice of God just as much as I do. And fasting turns down the noise so I can tune into what the Lord is saying. Habakkuk 2 one through two, I'm gonna, I wanna give you a way that you can hear the Lord. I'm gonna give you a very, very simple way to hear the Lord. If you're like, man, I don't know if I hear the Lord or not. Let me show you how you can do it. Habakkuk two says this, I will climb up. Everybody say climb up. Wow. I'm gonna climb up in my watchtower and I will wait to see what the Lord will. And then the Lord gave me this answer, write down what I revealed to you so that you can read it at a glance. Okay, this right here, gives you an incredible template on how you can hear the voice of God, all right? Climb up, wait, say it, write down. All right, let me give you the four things that, that is gonna happen. If you wanna hear the voice of God, I'm gonna, it's, it's gonna be four W's, because that's what pastors do. We gotta put it all in the same letter. It'll help us out here. First one, withdraw. If you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus did this as well. The Bible said he would often go off to a quiet place. He'd often go up to a mountain. He'd often go somewhere where nobody else was. You wanna hear the voice of God, you've gotta withdraw. You've gotta get to a place. That might be a secret place for you. That might be a quiet place for you. Some of y'all, mamas, that may be a bathroom for you. I don't know what it is, but you just gotta get somewhere where you can just withdraw, okay? This is what climbing up in the watchtower, he was just getting away, all right? The next thing is, I'm going to, I'm gonna wait. That's word number two. I'm gonna wait. Um, you cannot have quality relationships in a hurry. Let me say that again. You cannot have quality relationships in a hurry. You've gotta slow down. So one of the things that I've started practicing is before I open my Bible and before I pray and before I go kind of into these spiritual disciplines, I've been waiting on the Lord there's something powerful about silence and solitude, just to just wait. It doesn't have to be long. It could be 30 seconds. It could be a minute. It could be five minutes. Just enough to just wait. We're so busy doing. I don't know about y'all. I'm not the most patient person. And so just learning just to wait before I counsel people now. Before we even start talking about all the problems, I say, can we, just, can we just sit here and just wait for a moment? And they wanna just, let me tell you. Can we just wait just for a moment and just see maybe, maybe God wants to do something? Because here's what happens when I withdraw and I wait. Here's what happens. I get a word. That's number three, a word. Get a word. Now that word could be literally you could hear something because God, God speaks, can speak internally to us. It could be as you're reading the scriptures, God gives you a verse that just is something you hold on to. 
um, and, and you get that word. And, and so let me tell you what happens when you get these words. You need to do the fourth thing. You need to write it down. You need to write it down. I have a journal, journaling Bible, um, and so my, my journaling Bible has just all, all on the side. I'm just writing in it. I'm just writing in it, just writing in it, writing in it. I have a journal. I have a daily journal that I'm doing. I'm not a big writer. I used to never be a big writer, but I've learned to start coming to this place of writing. And I'm going to tell you why God challenged me in writing. Because I came to the Lord one time and I said, God, you're never talking to me. And God said, this is literally what God told me. He said, I'm talking to you more than you even realize. I said, why do you say that? I said, I can't remember anything you said. He said, you can't remember it because you never wrote it down. It ain't nothing good like a good Lord rebuke. And so I said, okay, Lord. He said, if I'm going to give it to you, you better write it down because you might not need it then, but you may need it later. And your memory's not that good, but your writing is. So you want to write? This is why we do notes, by the way. This is why I encourage you to do notes in church. Because you may not need this word now, but you may need it later. So we write, we write it down. So we, we withdraw. Everybody say withdraw. withdraw. We wait. wait. Word. word. Right. right. This is what God's calling. If you want to learn how to hear the voice of God, just start doing those four things right there. Getting, getting in the word, waiting on the Lord, withdrawing from him, writing it down. All right, number three, and we're wrapped up. So prayer and fasting will enhance our ability to hear God. And number three, it enlarges our faith to believe God. It enlarges our faith to believe God. All right. So I'm going to share something with you today that God spoke to me this week to correct how I've taught something. I have taught something wrong. And today, I'm going to recorrect that. Especially in the area of prayer and fasting. I've taught on prayer and fasting a number of times before. And I've taught this verse I sink in the wrong way. And as I was studying yet again this verse this week, God showed me you, you, there's, a, there's a different thing you need to see here. So it, Matthew chapter 17, we're going to read about six or seven verses. Stay with me, and then we're going to wrap up. So it says this. It says, and when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So there's some really serious things that are going on in this boy's life. And it says, so I brought him to your disciples. And what? They what? They couldn't do anything. Like, hey, I know you got this posse that's like you're training them up. They're useless. Just want to let you know. They cannot do anything. I, I tried, they tried to help. They couldn't do it. And so then Jesus answered and he said, oh, faithless and perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. So Jesus says, I'll deal with this. Bring him here. Bring him here. And so watch what happens. Watch. And Jesus rebuked the demon. And it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. <laughs> Notice they didn't ask in public. Hey, Jesus, psst, psst, psst. Got a question. Why couldn't we do that? Why couldn't we do that? Okay, watch this. Now watch, and here's where God corrected me. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, watch. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. 
However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Okay, so let me tell you how I've taught it and let me tell you how God corrected me. I taught it in such a way that if you wanna see the miraculous in your life, there are maybe some things that are in your life that have stayed in your life too long. You need to pray and fast, and as you pray and fast, the Spirit of God will come upon you and you will be able to do what Jesus did and all these things are gonna happen as you pray and fast. Pray and fasting is the key to do that. And the Lord told me this week, ah, that's wrong. I'm gonna tell you why it's wrong. Because their issue was not that they didn't have the power to do it. Their issue, go back to the verse before it, go back to the verse before it, was there, was there unbelief. See, I thought all my life that some people can cast out devils, some people can do miracles because they pray and fast. And because they pray and fast, there's this ability that they have. But listen, the demon wasn't the issue. The unbelief was the issue. Watch this. This is huge. The demon wasn't the issue. The unbelief was the issue. These disciples had everything that they needed. Really? Let me prove it to you. In Luke chapter 10, I believe it's 10, look what Jesus says to the disciples. Behold, guys, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of, and nothing shall hurt you. So, so look at this. The disciples already had the power and the authority over the enemy. They didn't have to fast for that. They got that because of Jesus. Jesus gave it to them already. All they needed to do was to believe and use what God had already given them. And as a follower of Jesus, God has already given you everything that you need. You don't pray and fast to get more power. You have the power. You need to pray and fast to believe that you actually got it. You have it. And the only way to deal with unbelief is prayer and fasting. So he says the reason this isn't happening is not because they didn't have the power to cast out the demons. It's because they didn't believe that they could. That's the issue. That's the issue. And so 2 Corinthians tells us this. Watch this. 2 Corinthians says this. For all of what? All of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. There's over 3,000 promises in the scripture that God promises over you and I. And they all are stamped with a yes. And through Christ, now watch this, our, come on, say it, our, this is your moment to say it in church, our, amen, which means, yes. So anytime someone goes, amen, what they're saying is, yes. That's what they're saying. Simple here, all right? So y'all can just replace it now. Don't say amen anymore. Say yes. Just kidding, you don't have to do that. All right, so, but watch this. Our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. All right, watch, watch. The promises come down and our amen goes up. Y'all get this? All the promises of God are yes, 
Healing is yours, yes. Forgiveness is yours, yes. Peace is yours, yes. The fear of the Lord is yours, yes. And God is going, amen? But that's the issue. The issue is not that it's not flowing down. The issue is we're not believing it up. We're not believing it up. Well, Pastor Josh, man, my kids, you know, they're wayward. Or, you know, my spouse is wayward. I don't know, man. They're just far from the Lord. Hey, listen, there's a promise. Joshua 24, 15 says that me and my house, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. I believe it. Well, Pastor Josh, you know, our finances are just terrible right now. I just don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how we're going to pay the bills. Well, well, my word says that Philippians says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Amen. Amen. Are y'all with me? Man, I'm Pastor Josh. I'm just battling with fear right now. Well, Psalms 27.1 says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? Well, man, I've got so much attacks. There's enemies after me. It's all coming against me. Well, my Bible says that God is for me and that no man and no thing can be against me. Greater is he who is in me than he that is in this world. Amen. Amen. Well, this church, you know, I don't know if the church is going to make it. The church is struggling right now. Well, my Bible says that God is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. So what is it that is going on in your life right now that has got you such in a dump that there is a promise of God that is for that situation that you need to say amen to? May we pray as one of the men that came to Jesus and said, do you want me to heal you? He says, I do, but God, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Some of you are in a, a, such a moment right now where the enemy's been against you and you've been against you and maybe family's been against you and your mind's been against you and all this stuff's been going against you and you've been so discouraged and so disheartened. Find a word from the Lord. Withdraw and wait. Go in the scriptures and find these words from the Lord. And say, God, I want my amen to come up, go up with your promises that are coming down. God, I want to connect to the power source. This is why we fast and pray. Not because of salvation, but because of connection. I want to be more hungry for God. I want to hear God. But more than anything, I want to get into this place where God fixes my unbelief. May when people come to us and go, man, I've been sick, the first thing we don't go to is, did you take Tylenol? Did you go to the doctor? Come on, somebody, can we go, hey, can we pray right now? Can we pray right now first? I'm thankful for doctors and I'm thankful for medicine and we go and do all of them, but can we just stop and say, God, can we just pray here? Because I mean, oh, God can do in a moment what a doctor can't do in a year. God can do in a moment what you could never do. God can do something in your marriage that you could never do. This is the God that we serve. So I'm calling us. OSC family, I'm calling you to join Lindsay and I and our staff in a time of seeking the Lord, 
putting away all of the noise and all the stuff. Get the news out for a week. Turn off social media for a little while. Withdraw, wait, get a word. You've been getting words from every other source except from the one that created you the most and knows it all. Get a word from him. Because when you get a word from him in the light, you can hold on that in any darkness you go through. Amen. Are y'all with me? I, I, I'm just, I feel this so strongly in my bones that we are in such a pivotal moment. The enemy is attacking. The enemy is after. He's after your mind and your heart. But I'm just telling you right now, I believe there is a promise for every single one of those and God is just looking for our amen to say we agree and believe and I will have faith to believe that you can do in me what I can't do in myself. So Father, we begin this next six days of pursuit in hot pursuit of you. Those that are in this room that have allowed the troubles of life, the hardships, and maybe even just the habit to have them grow cold. Fan the flames, Jesus. Fan the flames. You're not after religion. You're not after rules. You're after relationship. You're after our hearts. God, we surrender our hearts to you. Give us a hunger for you that is so insatiable that only you can satisfy. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. Give us ears. God, more than anything, help our unbelief. There's those of you in here that life has hit you hard. And if you're being honest, your belief in God has been shaken. And I believe today and over the course of this next week, God is going to begin to restore, begin to heal, begin to strengthen. If that's you that's in this place, you say, Pastor Josh, I, I, I want more hunger. I want to hear or I need God to fix my unbelief. Would you just shoot your hand up all across this place? I want to know who I'm praying for. Who's that? Going up all across this place. God. Right now, Lord, I pray. Pray for every single person that, would you stand? I want you to stand. Would you stand? Just right there where you are. Father, I pray. Come on, just lift your hands all across this room. If you're online right now, I believe even God can begin to speak. He's right there. The presence of God is right here in this room. Father, right now, right now, right now, right now, you know the needs of every person that's in this room. God, you know where they are. God, you know what the enemy has done. Maybe the enemy hasn't killed them, but he did steal from them. He did steal from them. And I pray right now that you would begin to restore back to them the joy of their salvation. God, I pray right now that you would show up and that you would meet with them in such a personal way that they would hear your voice louder than they've ever heard it before. I pray, God, that you would give them clarity of this direction and, and, and decisions that they have to make. God, I pray that you would build their faith, their trust in you, their hope in you. Today, God, we, we surrender to you God, we declare that we trust you and we need you and we love you. We want more of you, God. Fill us. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. Fill us, God. 
Satisfy us with all that you have for us. Lord, may nothing of this world that doesn't satisfy take your place. We want all of you. Come, be with us in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise in this house. So I did my part. I cast as much vision as I can for where we're going over this next week. Now it's your turn to do your part, and I, uh, I want you to join in. If you can't be here at night, join me online in the morning. If you, if you can't join online in the morning, be here at night. Be here whatever days you can. Pray with us. Fast with us. Believe with us. Um, believe God's going to do it. I want to do one last thing before... Um, we dismiss. I want you to pull out this red card right here. This red card that's right here, it says prayer requests at the top. We are corporately praying as a church for the next, next week, and I want to pray for you. So I'm going to ask you that before you leave, that you just grab a pen real quick. If you're online, they'll, they'll, they'll have the online link that you can do, which by the way, you can go to our website and submit prayer requests online as well. There's a button for you to do that right there on, on that web page. Um, but I want you to grab this. You don't have to put your no one is, you don't, there's name there, but you don't have to put it there. You're totally fine. You do not have to put it there at all. Um, and you can, you can select pastor only, where only me and Pastor Stephen would see it, uh, and Lindsay. You can put, you can share with others, or you can put, hey, I would like a phone call. Maybe you're going through something, and you'd like us just to call you and pray with you. Um, up there at the top, you can select any of those. If you don't, if you don't select any of those, we'll, we'll consider it a public thing. But I want you just to write, what is something right now over the next six days that if God was to answer, what is that? What is it that you need God for? What is it that you desire, that you long for in him? Maybe it's a miracle. Maybe it's a healing. Maybe it's for a lost family or friend. Maybe it's for, maybe it's for just, I just, I want mental health. I want clarity in my mind. I'm, I don't know what it is. But I would you just take a minute and write this down? And I want, we're going to, over the next course of this week, just begin to pray and intercede and seek the Lord for him to do what only he can do. So uh, if you want, you can take this card and you can drop it in that black box on the way out. You can leave it on the seats. You can bring it by guest services. Any of those places are perfectly fine. We'll gather all those from there, but we're going to do that. A um, couple quick things before I let you go. Uh, if you are interested in leading a life group coming starting September 11th, kicking off our fall life group semester, um, we're going to have our last life group training today, um, right after this service over there in the Connections building. Pastor Stephen and their team is uh, going to be training and equipping if you're interested in leading a group, um, maybe leading a life group in your city, as we talked about earlier. Um, maybe if you want to start a group in Welsh or in Gaydon or Lake Arthur or Hathaway, and like, man, I really want to start, get a gathering of people in my community uh, to get, we'll train you, we'll equip you, we'll get you all prepared uh, for that. So that's going to happen right after this service there at 11 o'clock. And then, of course, we want you to be back tomorrow. Join us online. Join us in person. Um, if you want to get baptized Wednesday, we're going to be doing that as well. You can go by guest services, let them know, and sign up online in a bunch of different ways. Or you can just show up on Wednesday, and we'll just dunk you with your clothes on. Don't matter. I mean, we'll just make it happen. But, uh, man, just so grateful for that. Hey, uh, what, I want to just say thank you for your continued generosity here. Um, you know, when it comes to finances, I was telling our guys yesterday at the herd, we were talking about finances. The Bible says, you know, that we seek first the kingdom of God. And the greatest way that we, we show our pursuit is where we spend our money. You want to know where your heart is, look where your money is. 
Two greatest ways to see where your heart is is to look at your schedule and to look at your checking account. Those two places show you where your heart is. And uh, I, I wanna thank you for those that are here in this house that not, you don't just say I love my church, but you invest in this church and you give to this church and you tithe and you go over and above. Thank you so much. Last week we were able to bless uh, Becky Murray and one by one significantly because of your incredible generosity. And I'm so grateful for that. I was on a Zoom call from Pastor Willem in South Africa and a Zoom call with Pastor Ryan in Paris all this week. And those are people we support all the time because of you. And they wanted me to pass on to you their deep appreciation for your generosity because it helps them to continue to do what they do in their cities. And so thank you so much for that. If you're giving today, you can of course give online give in the black boxes, give via text, however that works for you. But thank you so much for giving today. Um, would you stand or pray a blessing over you? And I'm gonna invite our prayer team forward. If you need prayer for anything, our prayer team would love to pray with you. Father, we love you. God, we just dedicate uh, this, this day to you, this time to you. God, over this next week, would you, um, would you draw our hearts? Draw our hearts. We want more of you. Use your people, speak to them this week. In Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Hey, we love